What's up, people? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today's show is brought to you by Cave Social. Cave Social is a social media marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps companies grow their social media following, create social media content, and execute on social media strategies. So if you need help with any of that, head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us, and book a free consultation with them. Cool. Today, I'm talking with uh, Isabella Zhao. She is the SVP of marketing over at FanFood, the FanFood app, which is a cool, cool application. And they're started off as an app for, you know, delivering food to your seats in, in a game at a sports game. But obviously, the world has changed and FanFood had to pivot and change too. So we get into how they've pivoted and really helped with contactless delivery um, and other aspects outside of the stadium. A really interesting conversation looking at some of their initiatives. So stick around. This is a good episode. Enjoy it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I got Isabella Zhao on the show. She is the VP of Marketing at FanFood. Isabella, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Jordan. All right. Talk to me. Tell me your story so far. How'd you get into marketing and where you're at now at, at FanFood? Yeah. So backtrack a little bit. Before I got into marketing, I was actually a journalist. So that's what I studied in college at Northwestern as well. Got my both my bachelor's and master's in journalism, actually. So I was doing broadcast journalism, magazine writing, documentaries, you name it. So pretty much on the content production side. And um, because of that, I was also able to travel around in the world working for Al Jazeera for a bit. Um, and that really trained me in terms of messaging to an audience and really um, the storytelling aspect of things, which is basically essentially what marketing is about. Um, and after that experience, I sort of got interested in the whole entrepreneurship um, kind of sphere and startups and really got interested in problem solving and looking at startups that are using creative ways to solve you know, problems that we see around us. And that's how I kind of pivoted towards marketing because that was the easiest transition you can get from being a journalist. And that's how I found FanFood. Actually, before that, I briefly joined Wealthfront, which is a also startup in the Silicon Valley. What they do is kind of autopilot financial advisor kind of thing. So that was my first touch point with marketing. And from there, I really kind of saw how content strategy works in the marketing space. And with that experience, I first joined FanFood um, February of last year. It was still a pretty small team. The company was about four or five years old, joined first as a, market, a content marketing manager. So really started our newsletter, our blog, our podcast, and really started to build a brand and use content to sort of build our own niche audience. And from there, slowly um, just expanded more marketing channels and started doing more things with marketing for the company, became VP of marketing and really started overseeing everything and got us to where we are today. So we pretty much grew from about five to six partners early last year to now approaching 200 worldwide. So looking back on this journey, it's been super fun. I learned a lot along the way with my team. So I really grew together with the company. So it's been a pretty fun journey so far. Very cool. You know, it's something we've heard from multiple 
execs on this show and marketers were starting in journalism and then taking <laughs> really? a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. We had uh, an SVP from SurveyMonkey, oh, Karen Bedell on, really and she cool. actually is from Chicago and was at the Chicago Tribune for years before transitioning into marketing. So we have those guests that come on and yeah, I started myself within, you know, writing for an online magazine and then it's just transitioned. So I think that it's one of those things that to talk about your experience where learning how to tell a story is a huge part, right? In marketing. But then also there's other components that journalism, they translate that now are more important than ever marketing. One, where are your facts from? Right. Like yeah. where, where is this information that you're quoting when you're doing these stories? And then something else that's not talked about a lot is I think journalists have a superpower that is meeting deadlines and understanding that, okay, Hey, we got to get this done. I have to write, I have to put my fingers on the keyboard right now um, to get this piece of content out. Right. <laughs> you nailed it right there. I still remember doing broadcast journalism where you know, we were going live in five minutes, you have to write an entire script. And sometimes the anchors would be talking as we we're typing out the script on teleprompter. It was it was that kind of high pressure. So you are absolutely right. It totally trained us in terms of being, you know, factual and careful, meticulous, but at the same time working under high pressure. And, you know, that's just the perfect skill set for working in a startup uh, under this kind of fast paced environment. Totally. So Talk to me, fan food. I'm briefly acquainted with fan food, but to talk for people who haven't heard of it, what do you guys do? Yeah, I think you probably can guess a little bit from the name, <laughs> fan <laughs> food. Um, so what we do, actually, we started off in the sports and entertainment space. It's kind of like mobile ordering for stadium concessions or an arena or like even a high school concession stand. So that's where we started because people don't want to wait in lines for 30 minutes and missing the big play. It was really initially that problem that we were trying to solve. So it's pretty much like um, any ordering experience you have on a third party ordering app, just that it was for concessionaires. And ever since COVID hit, as you can imagine, events were all canceled. So we started pivoting towards other markets as well. So we know that driving theaters on the rise during COVID is the perfect social distancing activity. So we're actually in about 30% of all driving theaters in the country. People can, you know, pull up fan food app, um, order on the phone and have it delivered to the car without having to congregate around the concession stand. And we also started serving restaurants for, you know, contactless dine-in. You just paste a QR code on top of the table. People can just scan with their phone order from the table without having to talk to a server or go through a cash transactions. And we are uh, minor league sports stadiums before all the games were canceled. And for that, you can either order on your phone for express pickup or have it for in-seat delivery. So that means a fan food runner will actually bring the food to you. So you don't have to, you know, even leave your seats. Before COVID, it was really about the on-demand experience, the convenience. But after COVID, it was that. On top of that, contactless has become the expectation. So it's safety plus convenience. So it's really beneficial for both fans and the concessionaires. For fans, obviously, it's easy. It's safe. Um, they don't have to leave their seats or worry about missing a movie or second of the concert or a moment of the game. And for concessionaires, it's super easy. It's literally three taps on a tablet to fulfill an order. 
and the fan gets notified on the phone. Oh, your order is ready for pickup or your runner is on the way to bring you the food. So that's essentially what we do. Right now, we're really more exploring being the white labeling solution for both small businesses and enterprise opportunities. So if you look at a small high school or driving concession stand, they can't afford to have a white label solution, but they do have their own brand. They have their brand, they have their loyal customer. So what we do is our web app, which is a browser-based version of the app, which you can access with a URL or a QR code and pull up in your browser, can be entirely customized for our partners. So they can upload their own photos, their own sponsor information, use their own menu photos, so really customize their digital storefront however they want to. So that's our white label solution. We also have API plugin for larger opportunities. Like, for example, we are actually right now in um, the largest mall in the world is the Dubai Mall in the UAE. So we serve guests who are going to the mall and they have over 200 restaurants. So you can order not on fan food, but on the Dubai Mall app, which is integrated with the fan food. So they have a program in the app called Gourmet to Go, which is technology is powered by fan food. So people can order on the app, have it for curbside pickup. If you don't want, you don't feel comfortable dining in public yet. And that is really our white label solution as well. So we're really trying to be the ordering system, digital ordering system that has a solution or a product that fits any type of food service operations. We are also at food trucks. If food trucks want to take orders, people can pre-order on the app for a scheduled pickup at the food truck. And that just makes it way easier and makes people more comfortable to start dining out. And that's also our way of trying to support local businesses because we all know how much they struggle during this time. So we really want to encourage people to order more by taking the friction and the concerns out of the process. Interesting. And I love the pivot. Talk to me about user acquisition and or client acquisition. What are some of the strategies that have worked to get, you know, a, a mall on board or mm -hmm. a drive-in movie theater? Is it largely, you know, the sales team going out and, and pounding the pavement? What has worked for you all to acquire, you know, new businesses to come in and really help either both use the fan food app itself or to, to use the white labeling um, service. Right. So because we are kind of a marketplace app, so there are two components to the marketing. There's the B2B, there's the B2C. And so far, um, if you want to build a marketplace, you have to have all the venues or businesses locations on board. So our focus has mostly been in B2B. Because we understand that, especially in the sports and entertainment space, all these venues or teams, they have their very loyal customer base. And the best way to reach their customers sometimes is through them. So if you imagine a high school community, we're at, by the way, hundreds of high schools in the country. If you imagine a high school community, it's a very tight-knit community. And it's the best way, the best way to reach their students or family members is actually through the booster club. So it really depends on the markets. But once we acquire the partners, we empower them to market to their customers, which we figure is a more cost-effective way 
meaning we can use less of our, our resources for the user user acquisition on the B2C side. So we not just a technology partner, but we also help them figure out their marketing strategy. We provide creatives, we provide in-venue marketing like banners and flags and posters, A-frames, you name it, um, and really try to help them spread the word. In terms of B2B user acquisition, it really depends on different markets. Driving is a really good example. There are only about like 300 to 400 drive-ins in the whole country. That figure might have changed since COVID hit because so many people are opening drive-ins actually. But for example, drive-ins is a really small community. So within that, what we are trying to use is really word of mouth. We try to um, nurture advocates, evangelists for us who will spread the word among the community. And that's how we get a lot of leads. And for high school and colleges, for example, or sports in general, we try to leverage channel partners because we know there are already other partners, for example, running uh, media rights for these teams or even consultants. We try to find partners who already have some sort of established network in the space. And we try to offer our solution and their solution sort of as a one-stop shop for these teams and venues, which we realize has been a pretty effective strategy because people want a one-stop shop. They don't really want to shop around for and compare different options. That's just, it takes up a lot of time. It's just more difficult. So that has been working really well for us. And to your point about more enterprise level opportunity, like a mall, um, that's really sales driven because you sometimes these kind of relationships take years to nurture. We are really focused on, you know, being the consultant in that process. Like we don't just give you a platform and be like, hey, go figure it out. We really help them plan out the entire rollout strategy. Like phase one, what makes the most sense? Do you need staffing? Should we like, we can try to figure out how, how we can provide staffing. What kind of marketing support do you need? Um, we handle all the training. We help them configure menus. So it's really through that long-term relationship building that we can land all these more enterprise level opportunities. Another way that's been really working well for us, which is actually kind of interesting, is also through webinar and just market education. Because if you think about it, before COVID, um, although mobile ordering is pretty prevalent in the restaurant space, it was not really a thing at stadiums. There were some stadiums that had that. Some stadiums were even completely cashless, but it wasn't popularized. And the whole market needed a lot of education as we educate them about like what are the benefits of mobile ordering. Like you don't have to worry about staffing cashier positions because the phone is pretty much a POS. You don't have to worry about like maintaining POS. You don't have to worry about, you know, theft of cash. So they're just the cash liabilities. That, that's the point. So we had to do a lot of education. So we do a lot of blogs, ebooks. You know, we have our weekly newsletters and marketing emails. And since COVID hit, people are realizing that contactless is the necessity. And that really took a lot of heavy lifting almost off our shoulder because the market sort of educated itself. And so we started doing webinars every single month. And that's been 
really um, helpful. We realized people were more receptive and they were more eager to learn about this topic. So our webinars, they're both top of funnel and bottom funnel webinars. They have been working really well. Sometimes we do them with our partners and that's been going pretty well, I would say, since COVID hit. I'm going to jump in for a sec just because you said a couple of things that I want to unpack that I think are mm-hmm. important for important for listeners. And the first being, you like, I think partnerships are one of the most underutilized things in vehicles and marketing because of uh, ego that we have, like we can do it ourselves. But if we actually go out and look for these partners, like you said, you did that you share a customer base with, and then that you can come in and offer an all-in-one solution. It's so it's crucial. And that's something that anyone listening right now, you can take that to your own business, your own team, look for a partnership that can get you from point A to point B the fastest and how you can help each other out. I think that that is something that for whatever reason, people get their ego up and, and they don't want to pursue those. So one, I think that's absolutely massive, which, which you all are doing there. And then two, when the tides shift, right? COVID came. Okay. Like you said, the market is educating itself, right? Mm-hmm. But how can you then be a, a piece in that and be useful to that person, right? We're all educated on this and we all want this, this contactless. Okay. And now you come in and educate about how the utility of your app and how it can help, you know, people with things like contactless food delivery, which is now the norm, right? Like I've probably done it 10 times this week. So it's <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think the, the second part there is understanding where the tide is at and when it shifts a certain way, and then understanding how you help solve a customer's problem. They're going to be educated and they might be looking around and saying, what's going on? What do I need? But if you can come in and, and be that facilitator like Fan Food App is, I think it's so important. So that's something that I think the listeners also can draw from. I love that. You summarize it really well. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's what's next for Fan Food? What is the, the next uh, hill to climb or, you know, thing that we can expect from you all? Yeah. So that's, a great question to ask at this time. It's an interesting time for us because our market, we used to think our market is just, you know, events and more specifically sports and entertainment. That was like last year, probably. And now when we look at the world around us, we realize, oh my God, like everything is an opportunity because we have this technology already built out. We only need minor tweaks to be applicable to literally any operation you can think of. So it's almost that time, you know, when you look left and look right, be like, oh, I think it's actually us now. <laughs> the time is for us. So we are actually trying to figure out like, what does future look like for fan food? And that's, we can go as broad as we want, or we can be as focused as we want. But we realize that so many opportunities are out there because our technology basically in enables you know you to order anything from anywhere and for example even like i'm going back to the mall example our name is fan food but our platform is already used for not just food retail that's totally doable no reason why it can't be done so even at malls when you order your food hey just you know add in something else like a shirt or a gift or whatever it is and just add it to your order and use that for a pickup airport you know, you're running late, you can order on the app or in the web app and just have it delivered to the gate. So you don't even like miss the flight, but you know, already done your shopping while waiting in security lines. And 
If you think about zoos, aquariums, casinos, golf courses, basically like everything is an opportunity. We just have to really figure out what's the go-to-market strategy for all these different types of markets. We're already in dozens of them, but figure out like what are the best use cases and where can we get adoption the fastest and how do we maximize our resources and time to make sure that we really bring contactless and cashless to as many places as possible. Because let's face it, it's inevitable. We all know the safety, the convenience, safety, not just in terms of like no touching, but also safe transactions, which, you know, cash liability can be a thing. And it's just all these things. We know where the future is going and we happen to be latching onto that trend. So if you ask us what, what what's the future going to be like, it's literally blue ocean. It's really up to us to design that. And that's why it's super exciting to be working at a company that's so moldable and so nimble in terms of pivoting and changing strategies to best take advantage of what's happening in the world right now. Very cool. I like it. And um, the world's changing so fast. And like you're saying, to be moving along with it it is imperative and exciting. Now, for those, before I let you go, for those who want to learn more about fan food, where should they head? Yeah, sure. So our website is um, fanfoodappapp.com. So fanfoodapp.com. And we are very active on social media platforms. So Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, we post multiple times per day on every single platform. You can get really good content. We publish educational content. We publish uh, case studies about partners. We sometimes publish funny GIFs, (laughs) videos. We have a lot of videos as well. We also have a podcast. It's called The Playbook. It is for It is talking about how to use technology to provide the best customer experience for anybody running a business, pretty much, period. And so we have a new episode every single week as well. If you follow us on social media, you can see snippets and also transcription, all that. So yeah, you can, and you can can find find us too. Just Google fan food and that's us. (laughs) I will put those links in the show notes as well. So you guys can go and, and check out what fan food is up to. Just go click those in on the show notes page. Isabella, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jordan. I had a lot of fun talking about it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Until next time, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Have a good one, and I'll catch you at the next episode.